0: Welcome, dear listener, to the last episode of the Enforium. This, the year of our Lord 2020, is this the year of any lord?
1: Well, I, I would hope that they shouldn't be that proud of it.
0: Uh, yeah, this is, yeah, I'm gonna give that like a big old
1: F. <laughs> this this year circle did not get a red great ink.
0: Grade. Mm, yeah, 2020, not not your best work, whichever lord That's is like, I'm, I'm doing this year.
1: Do some studying. And you'll do better on the next test. Yeah. It'll be great.
0: Well, anyway, welcome again, dear listener, to the Inforium. This show is about productivity, personal development, personal finance, sometimes explaining the modes of the major scale, like we did in last episode. You get some bonus music education. And in this particular episode, doing a year-end review, like we do basically every year. Yep. I think. Most I know we did one last year. I
1: think we may have skipped one. But
0: yeah, and in the previous previous years, I wrote them as blog posts. But now we do them as podcasts because it's easier to talk than it is to write. Yep. And I'm all about not wasting effort. That's historically true. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Yeah, I haven't written a urine review in a while. It was actually a really fun thing to do back when I was like more actively blogging. Uh, but now the idea of spending my work time doing that. With all the other projects I have going on, it's just like, um, yeah, I'm not gonna do that,
1: <laughs> yeah, because
0: it would take me well over an hour to write it, but it will take me roughly an hour to just discuss it with you,
1: yeah. This is this is uh more fun, and for the YouTube
0: watchers, it also comes with fun sweaters, so it does much better than a yeah. blog post, which maybe wouldn't come with fun sweaters, everyone. Who's listening to the audio version should watch the YouTube version simply to see number one, you're beautiful. I think that's a Mario sweater. Oh, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, look
1: at that! It's now it's Mario on the camera.
0: Yes, I had to and tiptoe in in this corner now strutting onto the runway is Thomas Frank modeling this season's most elegant llama sweater. It's a pretty solid llama sweater, which I was also wearing last time we did your in review. Yeah, I think I had that's the same fine. one. You know, it's a. I'm, you know, I'm into that minimalism.
1: I get one, one Christmas sweater. I don't really need yeah. like eighteen more.
0: Yeah, I don't want to buy a zillion Christmas sweaters every year. I can't wear. Them I have my, frequently. I have my beautiful llama one. Anna has her beautiful Cthulhu one. We're good to go.
1: Yeah, the the three symbols of the Christmas season: Cthulhu, llamas, and Mario.
0: I think, yeah, that's
1: about right. They all represent winter. They all represent all sorts of things. <laughs>
0: Just Cthulhu probably winter? <laughs> probably. Uh, the long, dark nothing. winter that will befall humanity for eons after he comes. I mean,
1: they're all products that we got, so they probably represent the consumerist nature of some of the holidays. I mean, that's... There
0: it is. That's it's fair. That's fair. We had a pretty nice holiday-ish evening last night. Our new house has something that I have wanted for quite a while, which is... Uh, a fireplace that works well in uh, proximity to the main TV, because I've like I always wanted to like sit near a fire and be able to watch movies. But my last house, the fireplace was it, there was a fireplace. It was in the weirdest spot. It was like right next to the entryway to the to the laundry room. Oh yeah, so you just got to hang out by the laundry it if was, you want. Yeah, it was it was dumb. I don't know why they designed it that way, but they did. Uh So last night we had our Christmas tree up and the fire was going and we were watching Home Alone. It was great.
1: That's really Good cool. I, I want to get a fireplace at some point. Mm-hmm. And you can put them anywhere you want in your house if you just do it. But I'd like a pre-built well, yeah, cause fireplace. now, Like a what? I want a pre-built fireplace. One that I don't just stick with. Yeah, it just comes with it. Yeah, like the, the stove things feel like something I'd only want if I was
0: uh, owning. Well, like... Even if you're if you're doing like a a traditional looking fireplace, it's a lot easier to build them now because um they you don't even really need a chimney anymore. In fact, so my house has a chimney, but uh and the chimney was actually used for a wood-burning fireplace at one point. So what I have is a gas insert, which is uh it's a gas fireplace inserted into existing masonry work for a wood burning fireplace. So I had asked when I moved in, I'm like, you know, can I, if I want to retrofit this into a a wood-burning fireplace? Because Anna's always wanted that. She grew up with a wood-burning fireplace and wants that again. But in Colorado, at least in the Denver metro, you just can't. No, you'll set the state on fire. You cannot have. It's weird. You can have backyard bonfires. Like if you want to have a fire pit in your backyard, that's totally fine as long as you're not in a fire ban uh, time of year, but you cannot have a wood burning fireplace put in unless you are, I think it's like, it's like, unless you live East of some river and I looked on the map and the river is probably 30 miles East of where I am. (laughs) So Hmm. basically like if you live in the Denver Metro at all, no wood burning fireplace for you. Nope. At least new installations. I'm not sure about That's like existing interesting ones. I didn't
1: realize the distinction mm-hmm. was in the house specifically.
0: Yeah, I, I think it uh, it probably just is, is a rule to cut down on emissions because oh, the number of people who are going to install backyard fire pits is probably pretty low. But when we're talking about like building housing, um, you're going to have a lot more if you allow that. So most people don't care because wood-burning fireplaces are... Uh, horribly inefficient for your heating bill because when it's out or when, you know, when it's not burning, it's just a giant hole in your house. But, and you can, but like, it's also you can an opportunity to chop your it, own wood. That's exactly- And then throw it right
1: in there. Exactly. Like my grandparents right? have one of those metal wood-burning stoves that you just kind of sit somewhere and have have a hole go up. Mm-hmm. And I throw throwing the wood in there, feels good.
0: There's something to it. There's something about it. So, yeah, I totally agree. Like, it is very convenient to just have a switch that turns on the fireplace instantly. But I got to say, there is like some primal part of me that wishes I could go out, chop the firewood in the backyard, split it, bring it in. You can do that and for build bonfires, an fire. I guess.
1: You got to you got you to gotta chop your wood for bonfires.
0: That's true. Yeah. As, you know, I want to look into the regulations, but I'm fairly certain you can still have like regular wood burning fire pits. They sell them at Home Depot. I don't, I feel like they wouldn't if uh, they were illegal. So I'm, I'm pretty sure. I that <laughs> yeah. Myself. Home Double Depot check. is
1: actually a criminal cabal and uh, <laughs> they're selling illegal wood burning equipment.
0: Well, depending on your political leanings, that's probably a true statement. True. But it's people. probably not focused on the wood burning <laughs> equipment. <laughs> probably not. That's probably, that's probably true. Uh, okay. So we're doing year end review, which means I think we are just going to breeze past project check-in given that we did it on the last episode, which was batched with this one.
1: Yeah. We literally just talked about that. And and also a year in review is kind of like a project check-in, but for the whole year, you know, and it's, yeah. it's gonna,
0: I assume that for the whole family, even the, though we already talked about Cthulhu taking over the world and plunging yeah, the universe, the
1: yeah. The only thing I've done since the last episode we just recorded was put on this sweater, and that's
0: my project check in. That's that's it. Mm. I did that, I made coffee, I consumed less than 10, but more than eight almonds. Nice, so it's like specifically nine, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow, (laughs) You know, if, if, if that's how you want to say it, weirdo, but yes, less than 10, more than eight, uh, (laughs) that's, that's, that's basically it. Um, though I'm, I'm excited for the next project check-in because I'm hoping I'll have some real progress made on this, uh, this like team focused notion project tracker management system Mm. that we're building. I think what we have is already pretty good, but what I've got in mind is going to be even better. Nice. It is going to be cool. Uh, but yeah, so let's, let's do a year end review, even though it's only December 2nd. I think it's close enough to the end of uh, the year. I'm not going to do too much.
1: <laughs> you know, I've decided to check out mentally until the 31st.
0: I might do a lot of stuff this month, but you know what? We'll just talk about it and a project check-in. If Spotify it's all can be-
1: do their wrapped in December, right at the beginning, exactly. then so can we.
0: Exactly, so this year was uh boy, it was a year,
1: it was a year, wasn't it it was and
0: it it felt more like three,
1: yeah, and that's why, contrary to some of the previous years, I had to write I had to think harder about what I wanted to talk about because I was like mm-hmm. hard for me to locate what even happened in this year, so much yeah. of it being spent in the same building it the memories have melted together,
0: mhm-. Yeah, sometimes I think like th- this year, twenty twenty, I was in Mexico and also Atlanta. You
1: see, I don't. That doesn't. That even was wait. That was back
0: me. in January. Yeah, like it's it's so weird because those trips feel like they happened years ago. Yeah, but it was this year. I did have a couple of business trips this year, but. Boy, like ever since then, ever since like mid February when everything started locking down, haven't left the state, barely left the city. Yeah, I think the, the only things I ever left the city for, uh, was to go mountain biking. I mean, like totally outdoor things. Yeah, I don't Other think I've that, just done anything, a whole lot of staying home.
1: I literally just mm-hmm. same things, but some things did happen, and- yeah.
0: I suppose some things definitely we talk did happen, them. and there were some things that were like, it was it was kind of funny they happened this year. So like uh, like buying a house. It was crazy to see how many people were out buying houses. It was nuts, and uh, I guess it was because the interest rates were so low. But man, uh, the amount of people out buying houses, like I bought mine. Because, and the reason I bought one is because I, I met Charles, and then he's like, dude, I'm buying a house. You should check it. Like, you should just look into it. You know, and we thought that buying a house would be so hard. And then we looked into it, and it turns out it was a lot more affordable than we thought. So that got me looking into it. And then I get mine. I start telling people, and my friend Matt's like, oh, cool. We bought a house too. And also, our friend Nathaniel bought a house. And also, our other friends just moved here, and now they're trying to buy a house. Like, this is the year of house buying. Uh, not for me, seems. I say. Maybe not for you. But for but for yeah, way more people than I ever so expected. Many,
1: so many people. Yeah, and then a bunch of people in Iowa buying houses. A bunch of just all the houses were purchased. Now they're done.
0: It's very weird knowing that like. If I want to cut into my drywall, I just can. Yeah, like I don't have to call a landlord and be like, hey, can I cut a hole in the drywall? Like I can just do it. <laughs> i do have an hoa so uh i can't like just do whatever i want you can't see outside a kool-aid man hole through the outer walls no just but does, i like, can a smash a kool-aid man through the inner walls as long yeah. as it doesn't affect the structural integrity of the house the inside of the house is my domain and i can do whatever Kool-Aid i want man holes
1: never seem to affect the structural integrity you know it's it works out
0: until they do, until one day you've smashed one final fatal hole in this house, and now it's coming down on you. Then Kool Aid gets canceled. That's true. Yeah, I'm good. But yeah, it's so. I guess that's that's one cool thing that I did this year is I bought a house, uh, and we did an episode, which I think was like in the middle of my offer that I had put in on this house, if I if I remember correctly. So at some point we should do another episode kind of like completing that yeah, process wrap, wrapping that whole thing up. Cause there was, a, there was a lot that I learned during closing during negotiations after the offer went live, like, and, and now like moving in here, there's all sorts of new lessons too. Like I, I gotta do everything myself. Yeah. Interesting. We had to buy a washer and dryer. I think that was <sighs> the thing that made me feel oldest was like Anna that. and I being like excited to go and buy a washer and dryer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I did that with a, I never bought one, but a friend and I, uh, and like when I was in community college, we would just go to like Best Buy and be like, look at how fancy that oven is. That is amazing. (laughs) And I don't know why we were so boring, but it did seem exciting at the time.
0: Ovens are cool because there's like a lot of creative potential there. Like, you know what? I could cook on that oven, but like a washer and dryer, that is, that's boring.
1: You could cook a soup. In there, if you're really careful about what you put inside of it, I I guess uh, I, it is hot it would, water. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know that I like this. Uh, moving on, um, ours are front loading, though. Thought.
0: Ours are ours are front loading, so like you're gonna open the door and the soup is just <laughs> gonna pour out. So I don't think this is a good idea.
1: Yeah, that's a I retract my
0: statement. Unless you keep I that door shut, that. you drill a hole on the top and you put like a suction hose from like a fish tank. To like suck the soup out it's directly from a fish tank, not like a. And you, ba- like you concept, basically create... you
1: take it out of your fish tank to use right. quick
0: for the soup. So imagine, if you will, a beer tap, but it is on top of a uh, standard side-loading dryer, and when you pull it, you get soup.
1: This has gone better and worse than I ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway so yeah that 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 was that's the thing that happened this year that was a big learning process it was it was a cool process uh what's what's a good thing that happened for you or what's something that you like were proud of or happy with
1: um i would say that the the first thing going chronologically the first thing that i did this year where i was like i feel really good for doing this was i became more open about caring about things Uh, i'm usually a very withdrawn on the internet person. I don't like to give out my opinions on social media, things like that, because I'm just like, nobody asked, right? And I thought, why? Mm-hmm. If you didn't ask for my opinion, I see no reason to give it to you. And I see no reason to yell it into the void. But yeah. uh, around the time of the George Floyd protests, I decided to start this thing where for about a month and a half, two months, I donated $10 to a nonprofit, a different one every single time I posted something on social media and then like included a note about it at the bottom because Mm -hmm. uh, my thought was that if I donate a big amount of money, you know, one, I'm probably not going to be public about it. I don't like to be public about that sort of thing. And two, I make donations look unreachable for the average person. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. idea was that if I just keep doing small ones over and over and over and I can, the, the real donation is that I'm, showing people about all of these various causes that are worth supporting and simultaneously inspiring them to see that, hey, a small donation can add up to something important. So I felt Mm -hmm. pretty good doing that because I just felt like, you know, this year has been so ridiculous. I was like, I got to find something that makes me feel like I'm doing something good. Mm -hmm. I got to find it. And Uh, I was really happy with how that turned out. I know for a fact that I did get a few other people who decided to start doing things. One person in particular basically mirrored it and started donating a little bit every time they posted their own work for a while. Oh, cool. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to see from this. And I felt pretty good about that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I love that doing it in small amounts to a different nonprofit each time was like a great way to bring exposure to all of these different nonprofits and charities instead of it just being one.
1: Yeah. If it's a big number, I feel like it's more about me, you know, and mm-hmm. look at me, I threw a billion dollars over, over here, but I can't do that over and over. So one, due to social media algorithms, most people won't even ever see that that, that happened. So no message yeah. received, but doing it $10 a time over and over, for like 30 posts or something, like pretty much everybody got to at least see a couple.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and One thing that I've always struggled with, with a charitable giving is like, and I think a lot of other people have this problem too, is you're you're wanting to find the best possible use for your money. So you're like seeking out like guidance on, well, who do I donate to? Where do I donate? And at least something that I've found with myself and with uh, some of like the, the online circles I run in is, okay, well, we'll go to a guiding source like uh, effective altruism or, you know, somebody who's knowledgeable about this. And inevitably you end up, you know, getting the same short list like, oh, against Malaria Foundation is like the most efficient use of your dollars possible like in terms of like lives saved because they're building mosquito nets and distributing them, which helps prevent malaria. It's like, you know, that's that's a great cause. Uh, but for the longest time, I was like, well, that's the only thing I donated to because it's like, oh, it's the most efficient. And if you have all these, these authority sources saying that, then like people like me are only going to see those organizations. And there are a lot of other very, very useful causes out there that don't get any exposure. So I like the way you did it because you're still donating a good amount of money over time, but it's like you're giving exposure to several organizations that you care about rather than just one getting the limelight.
1: Yeah. And and it also reduced my own hesitance because like you're saying, the whole researching into it, is this a good one? I'm not sure. Let me find more and more information. Instead it was just like, Mm -hmm. well, it's like 10 bucks, right? If it's not the most effective use of my 10 bucks, then I will, learn that lesson later but mm-hmm. i'm not scared of simply acting now if i was trying to donate like 2000 to something i would think let me be very certain before i do it i yeah. might hesitate and never get it done but with the 10 it was just no pressure this looks reasonably good go with it don't don't mm-hmm. think too hard about it you need to do good, do something good today instead of hesitating
0: yeah uh, speaking of being able to even make these donations, like one thing I want to acknowledge this year is just how incredibly lucky that I, and I think like a lot of us got because, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people had it a lot worse. And by, I'm just going to call it sheer dumb luck. We happen to be working in an area that financially was not impacted by the pandemic it is really just you know just a stroke of luck dumb didn't plan for it here dumb luck instead of the internet going down it was a virus you know so like one one thing that i would like to stress in doing this year end review and it, when anybody is looking at any other person talking about their accomplishments on the internet like it could have been something different and for me that could have been a very different outcome no fault of my own completely out of my control and you know if if somebody listening to this was more impacted by what happened by factors out of their control it's going to feel you know maybe it's still it's still going to feel a little bit bad but yeah I, I just like i wanted to acknowledge that like yeah it's been it's been kind of a tough year for everyone but uh the disparity between how tough it is for certain people and others is is huge
1: yeah, and if you're the kind of person who hasn't hasn't had the greatest year, you know, don't don't worry about anything like donations or anything. Because like one of my favorite quotes that I say often, even on the even on the podcast, is just one cannot pour from an empty cup. If you've got your own stuff to take care of first, you do better for the world by maintaining yourself mm-hmm. first, so that you can help the world later. If you run yourself yep. into the ground entirely, you can't help anyone going forward. So no worries there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've we've talked a lot about setbacks in previous episodes. Um, we could probably link to some in the in the show notes for this, but yeah, that's like the general concept is like w- whatever stage you're at in life, even if it seems to be like a a downside from where you were due to certain circumstances. Like the only thing that you can do at at any given moment is what is what you're able to do, you know. Which is why, like, if if somebody like I see a lot of people are like you need to start investing now. And it's like a blanket message. And I'm not, I don't really like that very much because it's like, okay, you need to invest now if that is within your realm of capability and you haven't yet done it. Not doesn't matter what you're doing. You need to start investing, you know, because th- that is the exact same thing as somebody coming up to me and being like, why are you not investing $50,000 every month? It's like, cause I can't. I don't make that enough. I don't make that much money, you know, but, uh, for whatever reason, like the, like that investing $50,000 a month versus what I invest now, that gap is larger than what I invest now versus investing nothing. And yet, like we look at those two things differently. So whatever stage you're at, like what is in your realm of capability for you to do at this moment, that is all that you should be concerned with. The rest can be aspirational plans you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. Um. Now, w- w- one thing that I'm very proud of this year is the, the work that um I, but also like you and Tony did on the YouTube channel. Like what, what we made this year, I think is easily the best content we've ever made. Yeah. Mm, and I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten, texts and calls and like emails from people who were like, oh, I stopped watching you for a while. And I came back and like, holy crap, like it's gotten so much better. And the, the really interesting thing is like some of the videos, I didn't have that much of a hand in, which is really cool. Yeah. Like five hour, five hour rule so is our work. Yep. That it, was, was, it, was it was a ton good of work. work. Five hour rule is our second most viewed video this year. Uh, and I, I would imagine that were it switched uh, in release date with the one that has the most views, I think it would be the most viewed. And you and Tony edited that video. Yeah. I just I talked. It was a, it was a <laughs> challenge this year, and you,
1: I'm usually like I've been a little more back from the video world, so I had to actually, you know, begrudgingly learn things about mm-hmm. it and accept that it is that I am involved. In yeah. videos.
0: And, and for my part, like, you know, a, a great lesson that I've learned this year that I, I continue to learn is, you know, I'm not the secret sauce. Yeah, I have valuable things to contribute, but when I step back a little bit and trust my team, like, good things come out of it. Often, probably better things than I would have created. Yeah. And so delegations,
1: like, always been your biggest yeah it's, it's still <laughs> essentially. but then you have time to work on that music that you've been making you can yep you can do things yeah that,
0: that's that's something that anna and i talk about like a lot and she's constantly trying to hammer this into me it's like what if you instead of making every single thing you do this anxiety ridden like oh i have to make it the best thing i've ever made <laughs> what if you did your work on time and use the profits and time that you gain from that work to then pour all the time and effort into like specific art that you want to make. And I I would love to do that, but it's, it's always been a challenge for me. It continues to be. You've taken a step forward this year. You are closer. That's true.
1: I did get a song out. You are are closer to being able to
0: withdraw enough to focus more on art than you were a year ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll continue to get better along those lines. Uh, But yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy with the work we did on the YouTube channel. Also uh, a lot of people haven't seen this, but we did do one video on, uh, on Nebula for the working Titles series where Tony and I did a video analyzing the gravity falls intro. I think that might be the most fun we had making a video this year so, like people who are not on Nebula, you should go sign up for Nebula just to watch that video because it's great. <laughs> I put a song in. Oh, I forgot I put a song in that video. So I guess I technically made two songs this year. And then uh, we we put so many like little Easter eggs and fun things in that video. It was great. Yeah, I remember seeing I the set. It the set is like super complex. Hmm. That oh man, that's the only video we haven't done this again. That's the only video where we've used like practical lighting effects cuz we had like a we had a spotlight off camera and then I had the Gravity Falls journal and we had it off when I started shooting and then I like gesture to it and Tony hits the light and it actually turns on. That's like the oh, only nice. time this year we've used a practical lighting effect during a shot. So, boy, I'd like to do more of that actually. I think I, we should probably go back through and uh, like analyze some of the stuff we've done this year in terms of techniques, and maybe like try to try to keep practicing those things uh, some deliberate We'll try practice. so many things like yep, deliberate practice <laughs> we'll try so many things i f- I forget what we've done, like oh, yeah, we did do a spotlight thing on the book, oh, practical lighting effect, that's cool, oh, yeah, we did like do a weird slider thing, so maybe maybe that should be like part of our private year end review is going through content and uh not only seeing like what worked in terms of performance but also just like looking at uh, technical things we did. What was creative things we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my friend Charles has been saying he's been going through his channel and and like critically analyzing like what videos did well and, uh, why did they do well? And I think that's probably something we could do as, as well. Yeah. Uh, you wanted, you wanted to do three things that we're happy with. Oh, potentially. I just, you know, I I put, I I put four. Oh,
1: well, that's fine. Just, I don't know how many you I had. only have three. I wrote three. Okay, what's your next but one? That's fine. Uh, my next one, it, it, I'll probably skim over parts of this one. I finished and put out and recorded a song that I wrote for my dad who passed away last year. Uh, I'm not normally that open about my pains, particularly in public. I, you know, If I'm not going to share my opinions on things, I don't know why I would share my grief with with social media. I don't I didn't never think to do it. And I've worked really hard this year to be more comfortable with that for my own sake. But then also wanted to put that song out specifically to help people who've struggled with anything regarding the manner in which he died. It's not something I want to go too much into right now. It's on my Instagram Mm -hmm. and the IGTV tab, if you care. But you know, if I if I go too far into this, uh, writing the outline last night, I was like, uh, I probably shouldn't feel these things. Uh, on air but the moral of the story is i stepped way out of my comfort zone for that to show Mm -hmm. vulnerability and to try to reach out to anyone else with similar griefs and it took me like a full year to finish writing and doing that just a huge a huge amount of effort And that's one of the biggest things that I did this year in this year of not getting to accomplish some of the things that feel more exciting because I'm just not in the space to Mm -hmm. be excited about a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's one of the more important things that I still managed to pull myself together long enough
0: to do. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, without dwelling on it too much, it's worth going and listening to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, be ready to be sad because honestly, the, mm-hmm. I don't want to go into it too much. Because as I was writing out what I might say as in an outline, I like started to get a little emotional, and I was like, "That we're gonna backspace that, we're gonna keep it happy right yeah. now." The point is, yeah. I got way out of my comfort zone, and that was, that was mm-hmm. very difficult for me to do. I didn't think I would ever share music with lyrics again. Actually, really,
0: yeah, I don't. Like you had no plans.
1: Yeah, I just. I didn't really think I'd ever do lyrics again. I don't have a lot of stuff that I feel like sharing, but I did.
0: Uh, with regards to what you had said earlier, like, you know, being more willing to put things out there, even if you feel like you're not, you know, people's go to source for it, is it something that you're planning on doing more now?
1: I think that would depend on if something came up that I wanted to write lyrics about. And mm-hmm. I like writing lyrics, uh, particularly lyrics that rhyme because I like the intricacies of, of things there. Like I put a ton of different specific lyrical techniques and thoughts into how I wrote that so that it would rhyme, but also not sound rappy in a way that I'm like, it's, it sounds more like a letter that you Mm -hmm. could have spoken and nobody would look at you and be like, why are you rapping it? I cut out things that would have been extra technical on purpose to fit the vibe. Tons of artistic effort went into that. And if I had another topic that came up that made me want to put that kind of work into something, I might. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I just don't feel like I have a lot of important things to share lyrics about. So I prefer
0: instrumental piano stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might be what I do for a while as well. I feel a little different about lyrics than you do, I think. Because for me, it's like, Picking any topic is more like just an exercise in writing poetry. But I think on the whole, I still do enjoy making instrumental music. At least for now, we'll see how that changes. Uh, one thing that I am excited to do is build like an isolated vocal booth here at some point. Oh, that'd be cool! Because I I love to sing and I do it basically every day, but like. Anna's fine with it, but she's not the kind of person who just like wants to hear singing all day. That's fair. You know, some people are like that and some people aren't, you know, it doesn't mean she thinks I have a bad voice or maybe she doesn't. And maybe she just harbors that secret, but from what she's told me, and I think we're pretty honest with each other. She says, you, you have a good voice, but I'm just the kind of person who doesn't want music and sound all the time that I didn't specifically decide to put on for myself. Like yeah. that's fair. So I will build a vocal booth. And once I have that, then perhaps things will change.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Maybe I'll change my mind. I'll change
1: the rap game next year, maybe.
0: Ooh, it's true, 2021.
1: But, but I'm not gonna it change be. it this year.
0: Um something I am proud of this year is getting very consistently back into lifting weights. Um definitely made some big gains there. I I have not deadlifted 350 since i was in college which i think was like 2010 or 11 last time i did it and now i last the last big lift i did was i think 405 or 410 for two reps so i think i could probably pull pull 420 uh for one and then i brought my squat up to 315 and my bench to 250 so i'm pretty happy with that uh, unfortunately all of this gains in lifting is making me heavier so i can't do 20 pull-ups like you can. That is a bit of a, a proportional challenge. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I have absolutely made improvements in pull-ups, but uh, it, it seems like I do them every workout, but I just don't get to the point where I can do 20. So I think there must be probably some other kind of deliberate practice I would need to adopt.
1: Yeah, I don't know, to, I don't know to what to work it on is, that. but it's something that I must do on accident.
0: <clears throat> well, I think part of it is he, he was ha- my coach was having me do the weighted ones which you know probably make you better doing weighted ones, but me not as good as at doing the endurance style body weight up to twenty. So I probably just need to keep working on body weight ones. Yeah. Uh, but what enabled that was working with a coach. Um, I work with Barbell Logic, uh, specifically Matt at Barbell Lo- Logic, who's the owner, and he just creates programming for me. It's on an app. I film my last set. I set that in for uh, critique, and it's also like accountability but like that, just having somebody be like, go into the gym and do this. And then you're accountable for getting it in. It's been very helpful. One of the things I've realized is like working for myself, especially now that like, I work for myself and we're in a stable place where it's not like, oh, I'm building this thing and hoping that I can go full-time with it. Like, no, it's been full-time for eight years. Uh, Working for myself. means that I do not have the ability to be perfectly self-regulated in every area of my life. Like when you have a job, well, some of that is regulated for you. So there's like some willpower left over for other things. But, but when you don't, when you're working for yourself, it's like, okay, I cannot perfectly maintain a diet, workout schedule, work schedule, everything, you know, I need some accountability and some external controls and having a, a lifting coach has been incredibly helpful for that reason. So, highly recommend it for anybody who can't afford it. For anybody who can't, I highly recommend a, a accountability partner of some sort. Yeah, that, like, it's, you it's know, something. a lot of us can't get together to lift, but. No, I actually,
1: now that you mentioned that, I do have an extra one. It's a bonus fourth. I don't have much to say about it, but I, oh, yeah? I found a new uh, OCD therapist this year and I'm pretty happy about that because That's it's right, going yeah. much better than the mm-hmm. previous time. The difference that one can have between different therapists and and styles is ridiculous. So, yeah, it's pretty similar to a coaching sort of thing.
0: I have heard people say like, "Oh, therapy didn't work for me." And what you just said is a great counterpoint to that because like therapy is a thing but it's not an invariable thing. Yeah, therapy is gotta, conversations with a trained person who is supposed to help you work through issues and that like I said the first the first one you were working with wasn't helping. No, the first one was very point.
1: educational for a time, but then the it just kind of stopped connecting with me. This new one mm-hmm. uh they connect with me much better and they are very goal oriented with it. So it feels a lot like I'm being led through a process that I have faith will do something. Yeah. And so, yeah, actually, and I don't, I don't know where I read this, so I can't you know, verify that these numbers are true. I have no idea if they're true, but the sentiment behind them is probably something to take note of. And it was that somewhere, maybe it was a book, somebody mentioned that it takes an average of like 14 therapists for many people, specifically with OCD, to find one that works right for them. Like, so I don't know that it takes that many normally. I don't remember where this is from, but I will say it took me at least two. So Mm -hmm. yeah, if you haven't had a good experience thus far, maybe you can later. And in fact, Ashley found this one for me because the stress of finding a new therapist is, is kind of something that makes you procrastinate,
0: but the stress of hiring anyone like to do anything. It's
1: like, what am I supposed to do? Look at Yelp reviews? I don't have any idea what I'm even looking yeah. for, let alone how to find it,
0: you know? And I think, I, I don't think I can think of a more difficult one to pick than an OCD therapist. It's
1: very specific and very specific to the person and everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess anybody out there who's had trouble with that but think that it might still help them later, you might just need a new person. Mm-hmm.
0: Who knows? Yeah, Absolutely. And I think that applies for lots of different coaching as well. Yeah, you know? That
1: could apply to a physical coach too. I think you could easily have somebody mm-hmm. who like screams at you to lift the weights and then maybe not be the kind of person who responds well to that. Yeah, that could happen.
0: Yeah. W- one of the things they talk about a lot at, uh, at Barba Logic is like, it's all about empathetic coaching and, and goal oriented coaching rather than, you know, drill instructor barking orders kind of thing. Uh, but not all coaches are like that, you know? And some people want a drill instructor, whereas other people do want like someone to be a little bit more soft touch empathetic. So for whatever goal you have, there's probably like a style that resonates best with you of feedback and coaching. I think. Yeah. Um. The last thing I was going to mention is just, I, I, I was happy that I finally redesigned my personal website. It was oh, just one yeah. of those things I just kept kicking down the road, kicking the can and finally did it. And I'm very happy with how it turned out. And you did it too.
1: Yeah, you so. you actually inspired me to do it. I honestly forgot I did that. That's the problem with this year. I had no idea that I did that <laughs> this year.
0: And that was recent.
1: Yeah, that what was ha- earlier that was, in the year. I have no idea. But yeah, 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 you doing that. It's very
0: useful. I do have one other thing. I just I just thought about this because I was like trying to think back to things that happened earlier. Um, I became an owner in standard which is the agency that represents me which is really cool uh and it's also really cool because like a lot of agencies seem to be structured around like what can they take from the creator uh and and i think this is like a great illustration that standard is basically the exact opposite because um dave is like how can i let all creators buy equity in this company (laughs) so you know it's really cool just to to have a piece of the company that represents me. It makes me feel more invested. It makes me feel a lot more invested in like building Nebula uh, and, and all sorts of things. That is cool. I like the community yeah. there has been cool. So that's been cool. Uh, what are a couple of things that maybe you weren't able to do that you wanted to do this year?
1: Um, I wanted to make a video game this year, at least a small one. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it on the last yearly review that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I did not. As it turns out, I have been making pixel art, so that's something. But like I said earlier, it's been hard yeah. for me to get excited about this sort of yeah. thing. It's not been a very motivating year for a lot of things like that. So I just didn't get to video game.
0: Mm-hmm. But I would, I would say you did make progress. Because I think one of the things we talked about was that you seem to have these disparate interests that all converge on game design. Yeah, whether it's piano and a bit of music production or pixel art and photography or coding. And you did do pixel art this year.
1: Yeah, so I guess no matter what I do, I'm kind of accidentally working toward it. But Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't get that sudden burst of motivation this year to do something big. Uh, I also wanted to read a lot more this year and failed to do that entirely. (laughs) Same reason. Same. The world's been hard. And when the world around me is hard, I can't get immersed in a story. I'm too busy being anxious about the the real world. I can't get into a fictional one. Uh, yeah. I don't blame myself for it, but I just couldn't get in the mood this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's totally understandable. Um, what I didn't do this year. <laughs> I wanted to have at least one of my notion courses out and looking at, what I have going on until the end of the year. I don't think that's going to happen. So that's going to get pushed off. Uh, And I was also working on a documentary, but that there was another thing like just this year and all the stuff that happened, uh, both destroyed my motivation to work on it and also like created some actual physical impediments to finishing it. So that's also not going to get done this year. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. But that's fine. Um, yeah, I would say like in certain in certain areas my self-discipline wasn't amazing this year. Um particularly with like getting my work done by the self-imposed deadlines I created, which I have started to sort of come out of a little bit now. Um just sort of realizing like a lot of the things I do, I was burned out doing. And that's part of the reason I design my, or redo my personal website. It's part of the reason I'm building these courses is because uh, I realized like the way in which I perceived how I needed to increase income was to do things that burn me out. Just like commit to an increased schedule of videos so I can have more sponsor spots. But then I'm always trying to make my videos better and you can't really have both without burning out. You can't make higher quality videos with innovative things that you don't know how to do and then make them faster <laughs> it just doesn't work out. Yeah. So and I think like I can't remember if we talked about it on this, on this episode or last one, but there was like that idea of you're, you're waiting for your life to clear up so you can do the things you want to do. And like, you think it's just around the corner, but in fact, you're just kicking that can down the road forever. Well, I want to stop kicking that can down the road and I want to do the things I want to do. So that's been kind of a focus of like the last month or two figuring out how to make that work. Yeah. So and there's a plane flying by outside. So sorry oh, to everybody yeah. who can hear that plane. I don't know if you can hear it. Oh, uh, anything else?
1: Yeah. There was a, there was another, there was another good thing this year that I oh, yeah? forgot to get to. Oh yeah. Cause the therapist one, I only thought of mid conversation. Um, that's right. Yes. This other one I think might be helpful potentially for other people. I'm happy I reconnected with friends this year in a drastic, mm-hmm. drastic way. I'm more social this year, ironically than I have been for like the last four. The, um, uh, you know, the pandemic wasn't fun, but it, it was the impetus for a whole bunch of people to suddenly rediscover that they could talk online. So it started yeah. with animal crossing. Then it went to monster hunter and then suddenly discord became the place to sort of just check in. Um mm-hmm. And like, I really like checking the voice channels in Discord because it's just like walking past your friend's dorm, see if the door's open, see if people are hanging out. If they are- it kind of is. Jump right yeah. in there and then say, oh, hey, I don't know what y'all are doing. I'm working on pixel art. I'm doing some things. But mm-hmm. it's just taking that more seriously and, and, and being more social has brought so much more meaning to everything else that I've been doing and I'm so much happier this year than I could have been without it because this year has been fairly bleak. And without that drastic attempt at social connection, I don't know how it would have gone. I may have managed even fewer things. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like that irony creeps up a lot. Like when you live in a city, you don't take advantage of the cool things until like a friend comes to visit. And then you're like, oh hey, let's go do all those touristy things that that I never did, even though I live here. I could go to the art museum anytime. It's exactly
1: that kicking the can down the road <laughs> thing. I don't need to go to the mountains. I can next weekend. This weekend I need to do laundry. Like, yep, yep. Yeah, but if you don't figure out a system where your laundry is just done, so you can do this, you're not going next weekend either. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go,
0: dude. I've been I've been terrible about uh like skiing. Like I moved here to ski, and then. I mean, it was partly the pandemic's fault, but uh, last ski season, I went twice, which means I horribly overpaid for my ski pass. And that's part of what I
1: think, you know, makes travel so interesting is when you go somewhere to to do it like you'll go like every day you 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 take advantage of it. You get out of your own Mm -hmm. way. But then the second you come home, you get right back in your way again. And you're like, what can I do to ruin everything I love? (laughs) Yep. Probably chores.
0: Yeah, that's procrastinating. or convincing them, myself or convincing myself I need to do something that's totally not necessary. Like uh, the last video I put out, it was like, you know, six productivity apps you probably haven't heard of with uh, my friend Ali. And there was like a big part. And it's like, all right, well, now I need to write an article version of that video from my personal website. So it starts to rank in search engines, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, OK, what, what would I be putting off by doing that? Oh, hey, here's a bunch of things that if I think about it, I'm more interested in those things. So let's uh, stop gravitating towards the things that are easily kept score of, I guess. Yeah. How many blog posts did I write? What is the Google rank of this page? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and start focusing on the things I actually want to do, like go skiing. So, yeah. Um. What did you read this year? Any good books? I... So I didn't I didn't get to read nearly as much as I
1: want, but I did read a little. Okay. Um, mostly nonfiction, because it was easier to stay in the real world while reading. But I would say that my favorite was that earlier in the year I did manage to finish the Fairyland series. And oh, cool. book four would be the favorite one that I read this year, The Boy Who Lost Fairyland. The the worlds and the characters and everything in those books are fascinating to me, and I still mm-hmm. think about them very frequently. Just all the time I'm thinking in random settings don't be like oh yeah i remember that that was really cool and just yeah that was the only fiction that i could really get into this year and that was way back so i remember it fondly
0: um i remember reading the first book in that series that author she, her command over the english language
1: yeah is it's, incredible it's a lot of <laughs> it's it's very much to me linguistically kind of like Alice in Wonderland in, Mm -hmm. in it's, here's a bunch of flowery, ridiculous things you've never considered, but, but somehow it's going to come together and it's just going to be really interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. On that note of deliberate practice that we talked about last episode, um, I didn't mention this then, but I read this interesting story that Ben Franklin really wanted to become a better writer. So he identified, uh, I think it was like a monthly periodical that he thought was like incredibly beyond his capabilities as a writer so he would read it incredibly intensely and then come back a couple of days later and try to write out what he had read in his own words and then compare it which is kind of interesting like i think it was a cool instance of deliberate practice so what i would say is anybody who wants to become a great author um what's her name is it catherine valente is that who it is yeah catherine valente yeah. And anything Catherine Valente has written, if you want to get better at prose, especially in fiction, uh, read Catherine Valenti and then try to write in that style because it's going to challenge you. Boy, those are YA books. But I, as a 25-year-old man, when I read the first one, could not understand a lot of the words yeah, that the, she used. The
1: voice. Once, If you're the kind of person who's receptive <laughs> to that style of voice, it will pull you right through. There's... Mm-hmm. Everything is fascinating. There is not a single thing that's described in a way that's boring. It's like actually every single facet of of existence in this book is interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh I actually am reading some fiction right now. Yeah. So um yeah, I started reading Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. Uh, and I'm I didn't finish it. I have yet to finish it, but I am, I think, like probably 75 to 80% of the way done. So that was a fantastic book, and I still want to finish it. Um best, maybe maybe not best, because I, I think, like in terms of space travel, I think The Martian maybe beats it out in terms of enjoyability for me. But the just the thought he put into the technical requirements of space travel. It's amazing. Especially like if you're one of those people who thinks space travel is a matter of going into space. And then if you want to go from point A to point B, you just point your rocket in that direction and go like that book will be uh, an eye opener. Just like the, the the idea of orbital mechanics and how he describes it. It's so cool. It, it was really cool. And then um, I just started a book called the lies of Lock Lamora, which is a fantasy novel. And it's another instance where the, the prose and the vocabulary used is just, it, it's so impressive to me. The way he writes a sentence is so interesting to me. And I think I'm only like 60 pages into it so far. But uh, if you like novels about like thieves and fantasy stuff, um, 60 pages in, I'll give it a recommendation. We'll see if I like it as it keeps going on. But the book that I was going to actually recommend as like a useful book this year, uh, I finally read A Random Walk Down Wall Street, which is known as kind of one of the best investing books ever written. Um, I'm working on a basics of investing video, which I'm hoping to have live in January. I think I'm thinking to the sponsor that I want to put on it. Cause I want to do like nebulous stuff for it as well. So like, I wouldn't say that this book is required reading for anybody who wants to get into investing. Um, I think it's like, it's, it's like five or 600 pages. It's a little bit overly detailed for somebody who just like, I just need to get investing. What do I do? But uh for anybody who is investing and who has like tempted to get into active investing over like passive investing i think it's i would i would call it required reading for people who are dealing with that temptation he just he just explains so many of these concepts so well Uh, he goes through like different bubbles in history like the bitcoin bubble the tulip bubble those kind of things uh, gets into like technical analysis and fundamental analysis and then sort of like exposes some of the flaws and some of the research that's been done on them. Uh, I think like if if you're going to start trying to like make active trades yourself, read this book. It's well worth your time. Uh, and also reading this book and, and, you know, getting more evidence about how people who try to beat the market almost never do. Uh, it, it's made me a lot more wary to some of the products out there that are trying to get people to invest with them. Hmm. Um, did you ever play Puzzle and Dragons?
1: No, but I am no. aware of it. Took me. A second I, I played a lot those. of it
0: back in the day. I had a little bit of addiction to it back in the day. It's a game that's like, it's kind of like Candy Crush, except for it's, uh, it's like Candy Crush meets Pokemon, essentially. You know, it's like a match three puzzle game at its core. But then there are all these things where uh oh last episode we were talking about games that like try to suck you in versus games that like they're satisfying after a little bit yeah puzzle and dragons tries to suck you in every possible way and i remember reading an article one time uh where they were talking about like these developers like the candy crush developer king games and the uh the developer that made puzzle and dragons and these other companies as well that make mobile games they were like literally using psychological research to figure out Like at what point do you start, uh, like turning down the number of rewards people get when they play for free, so they're encouraged to buy things? Like there's all this like psychological research they've done, like all right, well you know give them lots of really cool stuff in the beginning, get them totally hooked, and then eventually like once they're invested, here is the exact point at which you should start like turning that faucet down a little bit, so they're incentivized to buy things. And I've noticed some of these design patterns cropping up in investing tools, like, like Robinhood, you know, will like send you notifications your stock is going up and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then, then they give you access to what's called margin, where you can borrow money to trade with, and that is incredibly dangerous, right? Uh, and I, well, I got reached out to by another company the other day I think they were called like Weeble and I, I've heard of Weeble because, um, Graham Stephan, he advertises them in like every single video and they have like this really cool sign up bonus. If you sign up with Weeble and you put in like a hundred bucks or something, you get two free stocks. She's like, Oh, that's a pretty good deal. Out there. That's actually good money. But then like apparently within the Weeble app, you always see that there's a line of margin credit available to you that you can trade with. So, you know, I could borrow a hundred bucks from them. And so if I want to make a hundred dollar trade, I can actually make a $200 trade instead. Their rate of interest on the margin trading is 7%. And if you look over the past 100 years, people investing in index funds in the market in general, you make about 7%. So that fact, coupled with the fact that 95% of active professional money managers can't beat the market, it, it just, I don't know, it, it kind of pisses me off. Like they're using it's these psychological pretty, game development tactics to get people to borrow money, people who are naive investors who don't have a, lot of, a whole lot of experience to borrow money at 7% interest to trade with, even though statistically, you're not going to beat the market. <laughs> if you, yeah, you're not going to be
1: hopefully they're hoping basically that you're going to be filled with optimism. It's going to work out. I got these cool ideas. You got to spend money to make money. Yeah, let's just do it. And, but mathematically you're not likely to have a good time.
0: The, the reason they're offering that service to you is because they are going to make money. That's the, you know, yeah, there's Vanguard they, they and Fidelity going to. Vanguard and Fidelity do not give you free stocks for signing up. Why? Because there isn't a financial incentive for them to do so. Yeah. So clearly this company has a financial incentive for them to do so. So long story short, I'm not going to be accepting their sponsorship offer, even though I could probably make a ton of money if I did. True. I'm sure Maybe, Graham yeah. Stefan makes a ton of money off of that. Um, you know, and this isn't a knock against him specifically, but my personal ethics around this type of game design mixed with, uh, access to money that could put you into debt—I don't like it.
1: Yeah, there, there are a lot of places where the goal is to essentially sell you addiction or something like that, or just just that level of psychological mm-hmm. research. It sh- it should be scary.
0: I mean, that's the whole point of social media.
1: Yeah, like every you know? every social media app on your phone has been designed with you know millions and millions of dollars specifically to keep you in the app. That's the goal. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be the goal?
0: Yep. Yeah. I don't know, man. So anyway, uh, all this to say, if you're the kind of person who like, sometimes I, I get like this, I'm like, Oh, maybe I can beat the market. I think this company is going to be a good trade or that company is going to be a good trade. Uh, I'm not going to tell you don't do it because I do it. I invest in Nintendo every month. I believe Nintendo Nintendo. is always going to win. It's the best (laughs) company of all time. I hear some like screeching. There's a leaf
1: blower that has appeared. Oh, I don't know why they even bother moving the leaves. It doesn't. They're not doing anything.
0: Can you tell them to not? I
1: could. <laughs> I'm not sure if they'll listen.
0: Okay. Well, we may just have to put a, a noise gate on on you or something. Uh, anyway, a
1: huge pile of leaves. They're not stopping soon. They're gonna move. Jeez. Okay. Have like six dudes moving that whole. Thing down i've seen him do it before all right Hopefully well then i'll, I'll probably yet. just
0: try to wrap it up soon then um and that will help yeah there not to be so much leaf blower in there okay so uh <laughs> anyway i was saying i invested in oh, i'm gonna clap here so yeah i invested in nintendo um but i'm very aware that statistically i'm probably not going to beat the market so the majority like the vast majority of my money is in essentially index funds and i realized like anything else i invest with is diversification but also basically beer money yeah and you know reading that book was an extra just an extra solidification of of that philosophy i think anybody who wants to get into any kind of active investing should read that book so there's my boring non-fiction book recommendation for the year yay <laughs> um what are what are some things you want to do next year
1: uh the things i want to do next year are threefold oh fold one i'd like to sort through my things komari style because i've been putting that off since before coming to denver i've finished like halfway through then moved to denver and i still have stuff in bins that i've never i haven't sorted through since coming here Uh, i hopefully i can get that done i want to get it done before i turn 30 in january Okay. Uh, I wanted to turn thirty somewhere else, like traveling, but I can't. So I'd like to start that decade a little lighter, at the very least.
0: Just to uh, drive up to Wyoming and turn thirty there.
1: I don't want to turn thirty in Wyoming. They broke my car, <laughs> and
0: that's that's
1: true. I have grudges. Um, I am also hoping to potentially move next year. Um, that's going to be a big thing. I'm excited about the idea of greener nature and more water. But also, I've, I've been here several years, and I'm not ready to like stay somewhere for a whole bunch at mm-hmm. at this very moment. I want to start a new chapter. And if I can manage it, I'd like to pay off a few of my debts. All boring stuff, but they're pretty big, all in all. They're the kind of things but, that... Yeah. If I can do them, they'll enable me to have that freedom and time to do fun things.
0: Yeah, they're... They're big, worthwhile things. The fun will come naturally if I can do these. And for anybody hearing a noise on Martin's side, there are some rude leaf blowers outside. There are
1: some leaf blowers because, as we all know, leaves are evil and they definitely ruin the beautiful concrete aesthetic of a pointless driveway. And it's very worth doing something about it. That's what I think.
0: Exactly. Yeah, no leaf blowers out here today. It's because if I want leaves blown, I have to, if I want leaves blown, I have to blow myself. Yeah. And I ain't doing that. Uh, I want to, I want to ski more this year. Every year I have like failed (laughs) to take proper advantage of my ski pass. This year I have a secret weapon, which is that Charles loves to ski probably 10 times more than I do. So he's going to drag me up there do it. I think social pressure is like super, super, super important for things. You know, I I did more rock climbing when my friend Taylor was also rock climbing. And now I'm just like, I'll go rock climbing. But it's like, I just go by myself because he hasn't gone in a while. Yeah. Social pressure is huge. So find yourself some people who can socially press you into doing things if you're allowed to. Well, I guess, you know, even if you can't gather, you can like have an accountability partner or something. Uh, I'm going to launch my courses. I'm going to do a notion basics course, and then I'm going to do the notion for creators course, which is going to be you know, much more in depth and for teams and very advanced. And uh, I'm going to build the ultimate basement content creation studio. I'm very excited. I have essentially a blank canvas. The flooring is going, I'm painting the walls. So like I'm changing the whole thing up. So it's going to be fun to develop that with the, Both with the knowledge I've gained through the past like five studio builds, and then you know learning new things too. And this is the first house where I own it, so if I want to drill a hole in the wall, I can drill a hole in the wall. Yeah, or or paint the walls or do whatever. And also, you know, this is a tiny, teeny little ask, but uh, it would be nice if sometime in 2021 I could like you know see people again in person. You're
1: you're you ask too much, sir.
0: it'd be nice if you are filled maybe. with avarice <laughs> it, w- it would be nice you know uh okay so uh i don't i don't think we need to do cult member questions today um oh my iphone also filled up so i don't know Just how long now? that's been happening oh no uh, i don't i don't know how long so oh, i'm gonna have to what a situation something. we're in Well, this
1: is actually so we're going to have to go to a
0: jumping llama for a second.
1: This is essentially 2020 with its last last breath is trying to claw us back into the void of inconvenience and problems by bringing (laughs) leaf blowers and camera problems.
0: Oh, my gosh, you're right. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't just uh, it's a lot of inconveniences. Okay, select. Let's delete all the previous podcasts. Dang it, I got this phone so it would never run out of space. But the problem is, it eventually runs out of space no matter what you it's do. It's not
1: an infinite space phone, unfortunately. No matter
0: what you do, it eventually runs Ugh. out. Um, but this, this is but, the lesson of 2020. It's just delete. rolling
1: with the punches. That is what we must.
0: That's true. That is true. Are there, uh, boy, I have so many like workout videos on here. Oh my God, there's so many. Oh, here we go, here's a podcast I can delete. Delete them all, and then go to recently deleted, and delete all, there we go. Okay, well, we're gonna have to have a, a jumping llama gif for a little bit. Um. Okay, so I'll go back record. All right. Uh, I don't know what I was talking about. I wanted to go outside. Yep. And then and then my camera shut off. That, that <laughs> did happen. Uh, like you said, the lesson of 2020 is I guess learn to roll with the punches. There are many punches. Because there are a lot of punches. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode and this year of the Inforium, most of which was not called the Inforium. But hey, that, that means next year it's probably gonna be like all the Inforium. Look at that. Yeah. We're gonna end up with like, I don't know, 20, 30 more episodes or something like that. So yeah. As always, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Love to know. You know, what are what are yours what are your accomplishments? What are things that you're proud of? Put them in the comments if you're watching on the YouTube video. Otherwise, if you're listening, well, podcast listeners don't tend to interact with podcasts, and that's not your fault. You're probably driving somewhere. So just keep driving. Keep your eyes on the road. Yeah. Don't don't tell me about your accomplishments in the in the comments while you're also driving down a highway at high speed. Yeah, consider like some consider of you some of your are. Positives. Hopefully yeah. there are some. How's your tire pressure? Is that okay? Have you have you like checked your oil levels you recently? Do, I Washer fluid. Tire
1: pressure. Oh
0: no. Do you have in the back of your car a survival kit with things such as a first aid kit? And some warm blankets if you live in a cold state, and maybe like a shovel if you like, have to dig yourself out. Like, hey, I'm just looking out for you. I don't know how you're going to follow this up with "I'm not your dad," so you've kind of, (laughs) kind of walked
1: yourself into a bit of your own stereotype. I'm just just,
0: look. You don't have to be a father to look out for someone's personal safety in their automobile. I'm not.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure who else is doing it. (laughs) <laughs>
0: fair. it's me yeah. i'm not your dad but i do act like one i guess now oh gosh how's your tire pressure oh, no. that's like I the become? most
1: that's like the most dad check-in <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well before i start spontaneously ha- having kids everywhere somehow uh <laughs> let's wrap this episode up <laughs> if you enjoy this podcast well you can subscribe over at the We are on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all the things, and there's buttons for those things on the Inforium.com. There's also uh, links to the show notes. So if there are cool things that we happen to mention, maybe like Catherine Valente's books or that boring investing book that I talked about, we'll have links uh, on the Inforium website. There'll even be affiliate links, so you can click on it. And if you buy the book, we'll get like, I don't know, eight cents. I need that eight cents for like,
1: a little packet of creamer from the gas station. <laughs> well, I mean I
0: I use that. I'm drinking coffee right now. I used to drink I those straight. Back as in my many packets days. of creamer. You did a lot of weird things as a teenager. Yep. Then again, didn't we all <laughs> Uh, let's see what else oh yeah if you enjoy this podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, is a rating and review feature so a five star review is always appreciated but of course as always we simply appreciate the hang out with us and listen through my weird rants about your tire pressure to even hear this part of the podcast so thanks as always for hanging out we will see you next year thank you